much requested solo episode with me, Amanda. And uh, I really, you guys were like, (laughs) there was no denying it. Like I had to do a podcast episode about this, which I have been thinking about doing a podcast episode, to be honest, about this. But you guys were like eating it up and were like, please talk about this. Like you, a bunch of you filled up my DM saying that, you know, this is something you're also going through. And so I think it's important to talk about. So what I want to talk about is toxic family members and boundaries. So I think that we all can agree that before kids, there was always the toxic family members. There was always, you know, those family members where we made excuses for their behavior or, you know, accepted their bad behavior for whatever the reason may be. And I mean, it's not acceptable to do that with or without children. But I think for me anyway, speaking from my own experience, that before I had kids, I accepted a lot of those behaviors because it really only affected me, which even I hate saying that, like only affecting me is not small. It's actually really, really big. It's huge. But I think now that I have kids, I look at it differently. Like it affects me, which is a much larger deal to me now because it also affects me as a mom. It affects me as I show up as a mom. It affects my mental health, it affects my self-esteem, my self-worth, and all of those things like pour right into me as a parent. So I find that when I allow others to walk all over me or treat me badly or, you know, my people-pleasing behaviors kick in, it really can actually affect me as a parent. And also, it, it can affect our kids, right? Like, Now, sometimes I look at situations differently in a sense of like, what am I teaching them? By allowing someone to treat me like shit, what am I teaching my children? I'm teaching my children that it's okay for people to treat them like shit. I am teaching my children that people are allowed to be rude, they're allowed to be mean, and you don't stand up for yourself. You just accept them for who they are. But if you do that thing your behavior has to change. And like, I'm not here for that. So if any of you are like sitting there wondering, how do you do it? I think you have to come to terms with like why you want to do it. Like honestly, before I had kids. So let's back it up a little bit. I'm not going to go into like complete detail about who I am talking about just because I don't want to be an asshole like that. Some of you that are listening probably know, but uh, there's actually a few people in my family that I've had to put some boundaries up around. Some are physical boundaries. Some are more of like, you know, me speaking my boundary. Um, A physical boundary I think is like way easier than, um, you know, like, I don't know what's it called, an emotional boundary. I don't know. I'll definitely get into those. But yeah, I just found like... (sighs) It's just been hard. So if I'm being honest with you guys, this has been so freaking hard. And if any of you have ever tried to stand up for yourself when you never have before or just 
if you're someone who's finally realized your worth, like me, it's like the most, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's overwhelming in a good way, but it's also overwhelming in a really bad way because I struggle with the guilt. I struggle with questioning if I'm doing the right thing. I struggle with whose feelings am I hurting? And those are really, really hard things to work through. So my therapist is definitely getting her money's worth. (laughs) Or I mean, maybe I'm getting my money's worth out of her. I don't know. But um, so if you are someone who wants to create boundaries with family members, so let's give some examples. So my example is that there is someone in my life for a very long time who has not treated me well and they have the ability to make me become a person that I don't like this person pushes me past a limit that is I'm not comfortable with and this person doesn't take accountability for their actions and they have like you know like a tongue like a knife where their words cut really deep and They never take accountability for them and they never apologize for them. And for a huge amount of my life, I have been told to accept that behavior. And through accepting that behavior, I actually started to believe some of these things were true. And now that's the part I struggle with the most. So if you have somebody in your life, you know, whether it's a family member, a friend, uh, whoever, especially if it's like your parents or your brother, your sister, someone who's really close to you, if they make you question who you are as a person, like to your core, I think that's a really big red flag and really something to look at. So these people make me question that, you know, I can say confidently that I am a really great person. I think I'm a good person. I think I'm a kind person. I think I'm loving. I think I'm funny. I think like all around genuinely, I'm a good human being, but I have been told so many times in one way, shape or form that I am not by the toxic people in my family. And it actually makes me question if I'm a good person. Like sometimes when I'm alone, I have sat with those thoughts or sat with things that they've said and thought like, is that true? Like, am I really a good person? And like, I'm a good fucking person. So the fact that they have that power to make me question myself is, it's horrible. So for a while I've been sitting with that, you know, I finally realize who I am. I finally realize my own worth, yet there is these people in my life that make me question that, make me question my self-worth and make me question who I am and like, no. So that was my first thing was I don't want to feel like this anymore. Secondly, the person that I become when I'm around them, I walk on eggshells. I actually change who I am a little bit to try and like fit the mold that I think that they find acceptable. And that's bullshit. You should never have to change who you are to appease anybody. I don't care who it is. The people that are in your life should accept and love you for everything that you are because we all know you're amazing. And so 
that was my second red flag. It was like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. And I don't like how they make me question who I am. So I started to boundary myself in a sense of removing myself from situations. So I found the less I put myself around these people, the better that I felt. So I boundaried them in a sense of like, if I was asked to be seen every week or a couple times a week, I would just be like, you know, I'm sorry, we're not available. And that was working out really great because then when we did see these people, the visits were great. I also kept the visits really short. So there was like a timed limit. So like, I don't know, I would try Like, for example, I would come um, see these people like right after work and we'd have to be home by like seven to put the kids to bed. So say there was like a two hour, hour and a half time frame. So I felt like I had a plan to get in, a plan to get out. You know, I could still visit and make people happy and you know, still enjoy myself because it wasn't like a long drawn out process. And that was working really well. I also found myself when I'm around the people who make me question a lot of these things, I found myself not wanting to speak out about things. So these toxic people in my life actually really make me question my choices as a mom. I have been mom shamed by them. I can't even tell you how many times. And so I was finding myself feeling insecure about my parenting decisions, about, you know, the fact if I allow my kids to have screen time or the fact that maybe my kids are pickier in their eating habits. So, you know, the fact that they wouldn't eat something if they were around sometimes would make me go like, oh, like, I don't want them to comment about what my kids are eating or just honestly everything like my children's behaviors like seriously kids are kids they're assholes sometimes it does not reflect on your parenting like I did that one podcast episode with Dr. Tamara Souls and we talked about this like your child's behavior is not a report card on your parenting end of story and I literally have that drilled in my head now because I know I'm raising my children to be kind and really great little humans but they're also going to have bad days where they don't want to share or they're tired or they're whiny or they talk back like because they're freaking human beings but yet these people would kind of mom shame me in a sense and make me feel like it was my fault as a mom like I wasn't doing enough as my mom as a mom that's why they were tired I was not doing enough as a mom that's why they were being a jerk or weren't listening or whatever it was and that you know, their life was just perfect. And that was another thing. So I started sticking up for myself. You know, I started sticking up for my kids. I would just say, you know what, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but I think they're just tired today. End of story. So there wasn't really much of a way for them to come back and say, well, it was just like, sorry, you feel that way. Don't think that's it. This is the reason that they're acting that way. Or Actually, even sometimes I would shut it right down and just be like, oh, sorry, you feel that way. And that was it. Because you know what? I don't have to really explain why my kid is feeling that way. I don't really have to explain why they're whiny. They're just whiny. They're kids. So another thing that I did was, I know you've heard this in other podcasts. I think you've heard it on mine is I started defending my decisions as a parent because 
number one, I should, but number two, it's none of your fucking business what I do with my kids. So one line that I started using with these people particularly, but you can use this with anyone as a boundary is you can say, oh, that's really wonderful, but that doesn't work for our family. So for example, I was mom shamed by these particular people for not breastfeeding. I formula fed. I was not able to breastfeed. I was pumping. It was exhausting. It. I don't even have to explain it. I formula fed my kids. I chose to do that and I was mom shamed for it. So one of the things I started saying was, oh, and they would say, sorry, I'm getting the story mixed up a little bit, but they would say things like, oh, well, we're breastfeeding. Okay, that's really wonderful. And I'm so glad that works for your family, but that doesn't work for us. So we're formula feeding. End of story, right? So that's another really great example of a way you can kind of boundary what you're feeling, which is like, that's great. That works for you. This is what works for us. That's it. There's no explanation. And then you're not putting anybody down, but then you're also saying like, that's really wonderful, but this is what's best for me and my family. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And it seemed to work because it would shut some of these conversations down. And I think something that you have to push past too is like that worry of like, what are they thinking? I remember at the beginning too, I would wonder like, oh, I hope they didn't think I was a bitch. I hope they didn't think I was being an asshole. I hope they didn't do this. Like, who cares? You have to push past that too, I think, when you're boundary and you really have to push through what they think because what they think doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what you think and what you feel. So if you putting that boundary up and saying, that's really wonderful that that works for you, but this is what works for our family. So we're going to do this. Then that's it. You know, it doesn't matter what they think of your response. It just matters if you feel fulfilled with that response and that helps you shut the conversation down and you don't have to walk on eggshells. That is everything. So I also have actually recently done a physical boundary where things actually got a little bit out of hand and, you know, I stuck up for myself and I'm really proud of myself. Like, unbelievably proud of myself. And I now have a physical boundary where I have decided that it is not the best situation for my children to be around. So I've physically removed us from the situation. And that is not easy to do. Like, I am telling you this, like it was just like, okay, I made this decision that we're never going to see these people again. And it is not an easy decision to make. This is a huge one. These are people that play a huge role in my life. And, you know, my children are affected by this physical boundary being made. But I do feel in my heart of all hearts that it is the best decision. And I know that it's the best decision. So, you know, I think that if that is an option for you, then this is also something that's worked out really well. So let's say you try the boundaries and you try saying, you know, these, I'm calling them emotional boundaries. I don't really even know what they're called, but let's call them an emotional boundary. So let's say you are, you know, verbally stating your boundaries and they're not working. Like maybe physically removing yourself from the situation 
is the way to go. I I really don't know. Honestly, I've had a lot of guidance too through my therapist and I'm only speaking from my own situations. But what I have found is first and foremost, those emotional boundaries, those verbal boundaries worked really well. They were very scary. I can give you advice on just do it. If you feel like you need to start putting boundaries in place where, you know, certain conversations are off limits to you or something like that, just do it. Just dive in and do it. It is very scary. Um, But just know that you will feel better. I literally felt my self-worth go up. Literally felt it. And so I think it is important to have these boundaries in place. I think it's healthy to have boundaries in place. And then, you know, if your boundaries aren't being respected, then you just have to reinstate the boundary. And sometimes I think with certain people, you may have to even get really granular and say, you know, this makes me really uncomfortable. I don't want to have this conversation with you. And that also can be really hard because you kind of have to get a bit aggressive with these things. However, they're needed. And I think the last step is, if they really cannot respect your boundaries, then maybe you have to physically remove yourself. If you are in a toxic situation like I have been in, the best thing for me thus far has been removing myself. There has been a huge sense of peace and a huge sigh of relief, to be honest, that I no longer am walking on eggshells and I don't have to worry about the boundaries because the other people in my life already respect my boundaries. You know, there's no one climbing over the fence I've put up. I actually read, um, as you guys know, I was reading Untamed and in the book, Glennon Doyle talks about the island. So she's talking about how When she came out as gay, her mom was really afraid for her and was, you know, telling her all of her fears of what the world would think of Glennon and Abby and all of these things. And so she was kind of picking up these fears and she was worried that her children were going to pick up these fears as well that her mom was kind of putting out there. So what she and Abby started talking about is that they were building a love island And nothing but love could come in and nothing but love could go out. And they would not lower their drawbridge for anybody that brought in anything but love. So that really spoke to me. And now I am trying to go with that attitude of, you know, my world and my life is my love island. And on my love island, there is myself and my husband and my two kids And then, of course, some of my close family and friends, but I am not allowing my drawbridge down just for anybody anymore. You know, I see the bigger picture. I have tiny humans to protect. I have myself to protect. And me protecting myself also protects my tiny humans. So nobody is allowed to come on my island unless they're bringing love because only love comes in this island and only love comes out of this island. And that is really important to me. So if you, if that resonates with you, then maybe you do need to take a look back and think, what can I do differently to make myself feel more comfortable? 
what can I do so that only love comes on to my island? I think that if you really dig deep and think hard about it, you might unfortunately find an answer that maybe doesn't feel right at the time. But when you do put those boundaries in place, you're going to feel so much better. So that's kind of thus far my experience. I'm really wanting to have somebody on. I'm hoping to get a specific therapist on the podcast so we can talk about specific types of boundaries. And maybe I'll have a real word for you. We don't need to call them emotional or verbal boundaries anymore because I don't even know if that's what they're called. (laughs) I'll get back to you guys on that. But, you know, I think it would be really wonderful if we could all learn together because they're hard. And I'm finding as more and more as I find who I am and be more comfortable with myself, I'm putting up more boundaries and they're easier and easier to put up. But let me tell you, those first boundaries were hard, really hard, really scary. Speaking my truth was really hard and really scary, but I only want the love in. So speaking my truth was the best decision that I ever made. And that's it. I really hope that, you know, my little blurb here can help somebody and reach out to me if you're wondering if your verbal boundary is kind of covering it all and I'll try and help you as much as I can. But um, I do appreciate all of the love and support I've been receiving about the solo podcasts. I actually really like doing them. I like connecting with you guys and I really want you guys to be able to have the guest um, podcasts every week, but I also really want you guys to get to know me as your host and as your friend. And I just, I appreciate every message I get every week about the podcast. This is like, I'm pouring my heart and soul into this and yeah. So also I really wanted to bring up too, a few of you have asked, you know, how do we support the podcast? So How you support it is what you've been doing. Download the episodes, listen, send me some feedback, good, bad, ugly. Send me everything. If you're like, Amanda, what the hell are you doing with this podcast? Send it to me. Tell me what you think. Even if it's bad, I want to hear all of the reviews so that I can, you know, do better or bring you more of what you want. Also, another huge way that you can support the podcast is by leaving a written review on Um, Apple Podcasts. I know on Spotify you can't. So any written reviews actually supports the podcast more than anything. It helps um, boost my ratings and everything like that. So please continue to send in your five-star reviews and your written reviews and, you know, send me a screenshot when you do. And uh, I will just, I'll be ever grateful. And um, yeah. So guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode. Good luck with those boundaries. Let me know or, you know, send me a DM. Let me know how they're going for you. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Honest as a Mother podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you.